Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Generally Casual. I'm one of your co-hosts, Michael, and joined with me today is... Richard. Corey. And, yeah, look, how they didn't do anything silly. Might be because we have a special guest in the room. But give me one second before I get to that. Today, unfortunately, we are covering a very specific topic, which is travel during COVID. And because of that issue, we are bringing on this special guest who is an expert in all things travel. Now, you're wondering who this is. He has a personal connection to Richard and I. And it might be someone you might know. We found him on the street. We found him on the street. It's our dad! Also, we found him on the street. Yes. And he uh, is a travel agent. He has a lot of expert expertise in travel. He's been doing it for a long time. Um, he is a California home-based travel advisor. He has traveled to five of seven continents, uh, one of the continents being like the top half of Asia. That still counts. Yeah, it counts. <laughs> he has been over f- uh, on over 50 cruises throughout the world, and his specialty is travel planning and bucket list trips, be it by car, ship, train, or plane. Oh, that was nice. I like that. Uh, my dad and our family, we've done a lot of different things. And he oh. left off teleportation and levitation. Yeah, those are, those are his actual special, specialties yes. if you really need to yes. go over there. <laughs> Hi, Dad. Hello. Ooh, what a nice deep voice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we decided to cover this uh, shortly after our election podcast because it's it starting to matter a lot more. Um, how to travel, if you can, even, um, because a lot of pe- places have been banned, um, especially travel out of America itself. And uh, we're going to get right into it with some basics of travel itself. So, Well, and I think also headed into holiday season, I think travel is going to be a lot more apparent within the United States. People tend to travel more closer to Christmas, and they fly to their loved ones. So, yeah, I think now's a good time to talk about travel until things get back to whatever new normal we, we go from. And then we'll do a part two where we go into the basics of after COVID. Yeah. What's changed? What's not changed? And maybe we'll even bring back our dad again. Maybe. Will we? Who knows? <laughs> okay. Uh, let's start off with uh, basic travel, how to do it, smart ideas on it. Um, say you need to travel home this, this holiday season. How are you going to do that? Okay, so a few things right now. Uh, flying is an issue. Uh, airports right now, or some of them aren't exactly clear on what you need to do. Um, it all depends on where you're going to. So as an example, if you want to go to New York right now, they are requiring a COVID test within 72 hours of your flight. And they need the results upon arrival. And ironically, if you don't follow their directions, you're quarantined for 14 days when you arrive. So um, if you get results of the test while you're there, you can present those and the quarantine is reduced down. Uh, The same applies to Hawaii, where a lot of people like going for the holidays. also requiring 72 hours, otherwise the 14-day quarantine. Uh, You actually get a barcode when the test is uh, negative, and you can present that both to rental car agencies, hotels, and it's good for a transfer uh, from Oahu to another island. Oh, wow. But it has to be done within the 72 Mm. hours. Um, so it all depends on where you want to go and what the limitations are. And obviously this applies with us travel, uh, foreign travel is different. Um, (laughs) but most places now are, are requiring that 72 hour test or less. Mm -hmm. An interesting change (laughs) is that some of the major airports, good example, San Francisco, Uh, Some of the airlines are actually having their own testing. So United Airlines right now has their own testing location, uh, as well as a few of the other airlines. And you could go there within a certain time frame of your flight, and you'll get the tests uh, results within the the required time span. I'm sure they kind of have their own, since it's all 
in house, I'm sure they they expedite everything so that way they can make True. sure. Yeah. So you said even if you don't take the test, they just they'll let you on the plane, but you then quarantine when you get there. Yeah. So it it depends on where you're going and what the requirements are. Mm -hmm. But Hawaii is a great example. If your test results don't come through within the 72 hours, basically you are required to go to your hotel and stay there till the results come in. Mm-hmm. And, and that's so, kind of rough there for the other passengers on the plane like if it comes back positive like you'll then i i know I, it but it like i say it varies dependent on the airline mm-hmm. and the location um and and you just have to you have to call the carrier before you go and see what those requirements are mm-hmm. yeah uh, is there uh, is there any requirements for actually going into the airport itself no Mm. Uh, typically they've been requiring the masks. Um, there isn't any other requirements that I, currently I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody has got those requirements for the mask. Uh, nothing about gloves at this point mm. or anything like that. Uh, social distancing, I believe they're trying to, to adhere to that. Um, once again, you have to find out uh, the airport you're going through to get those requirements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the the uh, groups that I'm a part of, uh, the travel advisor team just went to Africa. Parts of Africa are now opening up, and uh, Qatar Airlines um, is not requiring the test. Okay, but wow. depending on location in Africa you're going to, they do require the test. Mm-hmm. A great example is Rwanda because they have the uh, the apes there that people want to go visit. Because their DNA is so close to ours, they're vulnerable to COVID. So they're requiring the test before you even get to that airport. Oh, good. Nice. So do you feel like comfortable... For the most part, like you said, it's kind of dependent on the airline slash the airport that you're going to or the destination. Do you feel like enough measures have been implemented so far to feel comfortable traveling by air? That's really hard to say. Mm-hmm. I think each person has their own comfort level. Um, you know, the biggest thing about aircraft is the issue of recirculation of air. Mm-hmm. And that's what everybody is worried about. And that's why a lot of people are... You know, even if I'm on the plane with a mask, am I getting sprayed with, you know, everybody else's germs? Yeah, mm-hmm. I just so had some a... some of the airlines are actually implementing uh, better filtration on their planes. Oh, that's perfect. I was actually going to ask you about that yeah. later on. Anyway, so. so I mean, all these issues, you need to do some research before you, you yeah. Know, yeah get on. Get on a plane. I just had a friend who went to Utah traveling from San Jose to uh, Salt Lake City Airport. And he was basically saying that on the airport, on the, uh, on the airline itself, and also getting into the airport and out of the airport, there's a lot of not people wearing masks, a lot of people not wearing masks and not obeying the six foot rule. And he was like, yeah, this is making me really, really uncomfortable because, you know, like you just said, the circulation of air and, you know, just sitting on a plane for even a couple hours is... Very, it could be possibly be very dangerous. I mean, that's the number one way viruses spread to uh, different states and different countries. That's why it was felt that initially, as things started easing up, we were going to see as as travel started going, a large percent of it being done by ground. Mm-hmm. So, uh, meaning people are going to do drive trips or maybe even go by train. Although mm-hmm. I'm not sure, you know how. It's very similar. Yeah, yeah, you know, the situation. You can open the windows in a train. (laughs) Yeah, right. Let me just breathe out the window. (sighs) (laughs) Why don't they just do that in an airplane? I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, that may (laughs) cause problems. Everyone gets their own snorkel that comes out the side of the plane. (laughs) So then the next step is because you just spewed a bunch of information and you happen to be a travel advisor. So. Do you suggest that other people access the same type of tools that we have, which is going to a travel advisor? Where Where is your line and kind of what do you suggest associated with that? So um, 
first of all, the American Society of Travel Advisors, formerly travel agents, right? Um, they changed that because they feel that we're not really agents. We're, we're advisors to the public about positive things in travel. Um, the ASTA group now has uh, what I would call certification, but something called Verified Travel Advisors. And, and this is all about the people that provide travel have gone through a series of training covering everything from business, accounting, uh, consumer advocacy, all kinds of stuff, to ensure that the public is getting someone that really knows about travel and is following a code of ethics, et cetera. Um, the cool thing is that most travel advisors have access to tons of rates, the best providers of service. And one of the best things is they're to, they're to support the consumer. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a little quick example of that is that I had uh, a whole family going to Hawaii. They got there and the hotel did not have their room. As a matter of fact, they shoved them into another hotel. And that was, the room wasn't anything that they had booked or anything like that. Immediately, I got a phone call. Immediately after that, I started calling the provider of the service and on and on. And we got them within a day, moved to a higher end hotel with better rooms, better services, and I got them a refund on their parking as well as part of their room. Whoa. If you go to the big names online, if you go to uh, some of the uh, larger companies, we'll say bulk companies, mm-hmm. I'm not going to use particular names. <laughs> but, Probably for the best. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you're not going to find that kind of service. And, and so that's why people need to go to a qualified travel advisor to book their travel. The other piece of this starts getting into things like, should I get insurance? Should I, you know, how best do I protect myself, mm-hmm. especially in light of COVID? So uh, a little bit about insurance with COVID. Uh, I started getting all kinds of phone calls from people going, hey, I how do I get my money back? They canceled my trip. And, uh, and the same thing actually happened to my wife and myself. We had just finished leaving Antarctica and the Falkland islands. And all of a sudden our cruise ship was stuck in the middle of nowhere. And they were trying to get permission from a country to let us in to fly back home. And, uh, our trip got shortened by a week. And so what do you do? How do you get your money back? Well, uh, most of the travel insurance vendors do not cover pandemics. Oh. So oh, no. you end up having to work with the vendor to try and get that money back um, or get credit. And a lot of the cruise lines were giving credit and not cash back per se. So it's a real it was really a real problem. As a matter of fact, many uh, agencies, because of COVID, actually went out of business because they were seeing no income whatsoever for months and months and months. I'm sure. Uh, so the insurance thing is is starting to change. Some of the insurance providers are now starting to, obviously for a different kind of a rate, are now including pandemics. But that didn't help people get their money back. So some people were turning to uh, consumer advocates, be it through a newspaper or online or whatever, to try and get assistance to get their money back. Um, In our case, uh, I worked with the provider, the cruise line. And uh, in this case, I had booked everything through the cruise, cruise line for the wife and I. And that in this case, it was a positive because they got us our flights home. 
I didn't have to do any special tricks to get our flight home. (laughs) And I got our rebate on the trip, too. So once again, a travel advisor really helps Mm. to get you in the correct framework for your trip should something happen. Yeah, so. I know from uh, from the other end. Well, we were we were listening to, <laughs> or you were texting us constantly throughout that trip, going, "Well, uh, we're stuck here for possibly two weeks. Oh, we have a plane flight. Oh, that plane flight got canceled. Oh, we have another plane flight in two days. Nope, that got changed with this and got shifted. And that's honestly, I mean, you thought your plane flight getting shifted during a trip with no pandemic was a problem." Just imagine it during where everything's being shifted every day and you really have to pay attention to all the information. You miss one day and you're going to lose out on a possible way home. And just imagine we were on the ship and there were people that had not used the cruise line for their flights, either incoming or outgoing. And every time something came up with the cruise, oh, we're going to land here. They were on the phone. They were on the computer trying to book flights home. They would get the flights, and then the cruise line would say, "Sorry, we can't go there." They had to recancel those and find oh, man. another airline. It was a mess. So, so, with everything going on right now and travel kind of picking up again, um, what's your current stance on the whole insurance side of things with people who are wishing to start traveling now or coming soon? Uh, like, is it worthwhile looking into? Is it worthwhile taking those extra precautions, like you said, for the higher rate to get the the insurance? It's worthwhile understanding what the guidelines are depending on what mode of travel you're looking into. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know that uh, we were going to talk a little bit about cruises. Mm. Um, They are effectively opening up for people to start cruising November 1st. There are CDC guidelines now for people to go cruising. Mm -hmm. Uh, The interesting thing is they are not opening it up for passengers yet. What they're going to do is make the cruise line uh, go do some test runs. And they're going to be watching to make sure that they follow these guidelines before they allow passengers to start cruising. Therefore, some of the cruise lines are not going to start till next year. Uh, and there will be testing, and there will be masks, and there will be distancing and all that. Um, just to throw in uh, quick statistics for you, uh, travel advisors book 87% of the cruises, 81% of all tours and packages, 51% of airline tickets, 40% of hotel say, stays, and 45% of car rentals. Um, obviously airlines is a lower number because a long time ago with, when they deregulated airline travel, there's no commissions per se for domestic travel Mm -hmm. for travel advisors. But so yeah, the, the whole cruise line thing is going to change. No more buffets. Sorry. (gasps) Yeah. They're going to serve you. Huh? That's potentially a good thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not for me. I enjoyed the buffets. They no, were fun. I mean they're 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 nice. It's it's the issue of how much filler they put in that stuff. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's very true. Pushes through your but body cheese, in unpleasant Richard. ways. The cheese. No, now you get cheese boards. Oh, you have cheese plates and brought directly to me. Yeah, I like brought the... directly to you. Actually, uh, I had one more like thing because you were talking about insurance, uh-huh. uh, and and I was wondering if you don't get insurance and things do go wrong, how expensive is that for you? <laughs> well. Potentially, it could be huge. So, as an example, um, there is special insurance out there for emergencies. Um, a great example is, should you be down in Antarctica mm. and something major happens to you, you need to be evacuated back to the States somewhere, uh, be it a Argentina or whatever, Uh some of those uh, emergency flights can run over $120,000. And so, you know, that's where even on the purchase of the ticket for Antarctica, it actually says on there that you'll be responsible if should you something major happen for you to pay to get, you know, evacuated. Mm. So 
they highly recommend that you get special insurance to cover situations like that. So it's probably based on how difficult it would be to get out of a situation or where how, you're traveling to. Or how far away from Correct. your home yeah, place yeah, you yeah. are. I mean, well, I was going to say, it depends on like the unique uniqueness of each trip, because obviously Antarctica is a very unique location mm-hmm. that's very remote. But let's say someone's doing a domestic trip over the holidays to Hawaii. Like, would you say, hey, look, you really should be looking into an insurance? Like, is that something, like... It's not someone who's going out of their way to go surfing on the reefs. It's maybe someone who's just going around the beach mm-hmm. and it, going to restaurants and like that kind of stuff, like a general touristy thing. Yeah. So no matter who you deal with, so the travel advisor should always bring up, should you, do you want to purchase travel insurance? Mm-hmm. Dependent on if it's a tour or a cruise or whatever, you, they can find out what that extra cost is Mm -hmm. so if you deal with a tour company you know the travel advisor books to a tour company they will offer travel insurance okay if you book through the cruise line they will offer travel insurance Mm -hmm. and so there's a cost and it the contract's available for the consumer to read through and it will tell you what's covered and so you have to evaluate if it's worth that extra money to you to feel more comfortable with making that trip. A great example is if you're going with a whole family and let's say you have some seniors with you that may have uh, existing conditions, it very well may be worth it for you to purchase that travel insurance should something happen even right before the trip that you need to cancel mm-hmm. because something happened to one of those people. For sure. Yeah. <clears throat> That's so, a good point. Yeah, definitely. And uh, part, part of that, I, I just, uh, it really surprised me that $120,000 is <laughs> a ticket. Yeah. That's for an emergency that, plane. Yeah. That's like well, the C- super wee woo ride. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Also, well, no, like, if you're in the middle of Africa, it feels like the same way. If you're like on a safari, it's like they're gonna have to airlift you out and then put you on a plane flight, and you have to pay for both. You thought an, you thought an ambulance ride was expensive. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say already. Uh, my my heart was pounding for just ambulance expenses in case anything happens to me. That's ridiculous, though. For well, and and look at it. What if you're on a cruise ship and they need to helicopter evacuate you? Yeah. So I, I mean, all these things add up. They're mm-hmm. not cheap. So, you know, you have to make an evaluation. Mm. Um, even personally, Antarctica, I did do the travel insurance through one of the vendors that I am familiar with and made that choice to, to get it. So, yeah, and that, that was uh, honestly really, that was really scary again from the other side to be like, well, we're stuck. And, like honestly, you you said you said you had to go into quarantine, and like that's already scary enough because then then you're potentially locked somewhere with other people who possibly could have it. Well, I was gonna say one of the scariest parts for me was the fact from the very beginning you said we have to wait on the boat because the country won't let us in, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, okay, so are you guys just gonna are is the boat just gonna eventually just all right, we're going to treat it like a bus now, and we're now at this port. Hopefully you can get off now. Like My brain instantly took it to one of the many Resident Evil movies where it's the boat, and it's just like, it's apocalyptic. All yeah. the people are living on this boat. Yeah. Like, Well, in addition to that, it's like, what's the first step to do when you're stranded? <laughs> well, you know, what's funny about that is we were actually lucky. I mean, we were only stranded for a few days till they got the country to let them in and and go to the airport and get going but there were cruise ships out there that were literally weeks at sea um and some of the the crew on board those ships were months at sea before they were able to go home Mm -hmm. so you know i there wasn't an issue with supplies they were getting food they were getting what they needed to survive but at the same time, some of these ships actually had COVID 
you know, crew. So they had to separate those uh-huh. that were infected versus those that weren't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, luckily the ship that we were on, there were no cases in Antarctica. So we were fine. Everybody on board the ship was actually healthy. Yeah. So. Well, and speaking of that, so airlines and cruises seem to be the most impacted by COVID itself. Is there anything else that's been drastically overhauled, like cruises and air, airline or air flights? Because both of those forms of trans, transportation involve people being compacted together for long amounts of time. I mean, airline is like, even in a couple hours, it's still like, oh, you're literally right next to somebody. And cruises, you've got some space to move around, but still you're seeing the same people. So if something's going to circulate, it's going to quickly go through the cruise. I'm glad you brought that up, Michael. Hey! (laughs) Hotels. Um, We didn't talk much about hotels, but they were severely impacted um, by just about anything that you could think of. Um, Restaurants were shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, The whole idea of checking into a hotel, uh, the air conditioning systems at the hotel, um, basically hotels were shut down. Um, people were nervous about going into any of those and, and it's interesting. I've been on several, uh, calls now with some major hotel chains and even though they all have the baseline idea of protection, sanitization and all that, some are doing some interesting things such as, uh, once the room has been sanitized, they're actually putting a sticker on the door jam that covers the door and the jam saying that the room has been sanitized Mm. and not until the next person or guest comes in, will they break that seal? It's just like a watching Pringles can. It's just like watching kids in a Disneyland trip where you put the little hair between the, uh, the, the door jam. That's a James Bond trick. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like James. See, Bond. we had totally different people. I just thought of the satisfaction of opening up like a Pringles can. Like, oh no, this is I'm the first one. Uh, this yeah. is me. This is my pop can. That can. <laughs> I'm a pop open this room and like have that hiss noise. Like oh, that and then the pneumatic seal. The fresh air hits you, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh, fresh hotel room. Mm. <laughs> so, so hotels have had to change. A lot of them have moved to putting in individual HEPA filters. Oh to each individual room instead of a common AC system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's really changed. So hotels is certainly an area where uh, COVID is impacted. Um, obviously, the whole concept of limousines mm. and transportation, that's changed. So, you know, uh, has the driver been tested is it safe to get in a car with the limo driver? You know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you really have to expand out. Yes, airlines and cruises are the top thing that you think about. But also think about you're going on a trip on a cruise and maybe the cruise line's done all the CDC recommendations, all that. But you're going to a port to explore mm. an area. What about when you get off the ship? <laughs> And you know, has every precaution been taken there? Yeah, and if they if they if they haven't done it at the port or a bus you're gonna take or a train you might be getting on just for a half an hour trip to somewhere, then it sort of breaks every single rule that the cruise ship would be following because all those people could be going out there and then the local populace might have it or might not, and then go back on the cruise and it doesn't matter. <laughs> Because those guidelines are thrown out the window for well, a second. Exactly. And it's all dependent on what kind of the country is mandated and everything like mm-hmm. that. So so all these things add up. I mean, it's it's so broad reaching uh, what the COVID has done that everybody is concerned. Uh, even with the idea of you driving somewhere, mm-hmm. put aside the hotel, is your national park, is your museum going to be open to let you in when you get there yeah and and you're going to have to call ahead to see if that's open or not you know so like just to kind of summarize what we've gone through so far like it, it really seems as though number one if you are traveling right now weigh your options do you really need to be traveling at how you personally health wise how is your family but then also like 
planning with travel is normally like super important, but it's even more so right now. And like, I would advocate that having a travel advisor of some sort to help you filter the ridiculous amount of information. Like I would not know where to look at to see if a certain port is meeting regulations and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So like having that stress taken away from me, if I was like, Oh look, I can travel back home to Australia. Like, what is that looking like? You would be able to help me with that. So, right. Yeah. I also wanted to add for a, a quick little simile metaphor thing. Again, following the James Bond, it's kind of like having a tech guy who's not a part of the mission, but is, is helping you throughout it, checking the security cams and all that. Because it's a Q, but an S. Yeah. It's a Q, but an S. Yeah. Uh, or <laughs> it's a only T. S in this, in this case. <laughs> yeah. Like a T and an A. No, no. Uh, every, every advisor has to be called Steve. Oh, well, okay. and the, the thing with it is that even if you have the information like you did, uh, during the, while you were being stranded and you're like, well, I already know all these things. It's stressful to deal with it in the situation itself to have a person that you can call and be like, I'm freaking out. Help me. They can then take on not your stress because they're they're apart from the situation. But they can be like, "Hey, I've done some research. This is when you want. This is what you want to look out for. Where are you heading to? Let's let's figure this out together, and that'll keep you having a sane sane brain, even though it's a stressful situation." So, just to add into that, so not only do you need a travel advisor to help you plan everything out, make sure that you're covered, you know, go through each step of the way, but especially here in California, and it applies to other states, you need somebody that is a registered seller of travel within the state of California. You have to go through, fill out paperwork, and be a registered seller of travel recognized by the Department of Justice. Um, You not only need that, but you also need to be part of, it's called the Travel Consumer Restitution Fund, And so in case that travel agency or advisor has a problem, such as going bankrupt or whatever, or they've loused up your trip, you can actually apply for a refund to that restitution fund and get that money back. Mm -hmm. So when you start going online Mm -hmm. to do things, you're missing out some opportunities should you run into a problem. And so it's really important you to have those those travel advisors uh you know the qualified people behind you to to help you with your trip yeah um since we're winding to the end of the podcast is there any specific questions you two had for the the steve man expert in travel um i have a couple questions that i've been writing down i don't know if anything have popped in your brain but my questions are kind of like an end kind of and thought you guys have any quick or long thought out questions that you would like to ask the the steve dad i mean uh first of all what would your if you're traveling domestically right now what would be your preference in forms of transportation Corey well, just stole michael's question he did i had did to I? throw that out yeah no. that's right at the bottom he didn't read it all <laughs> i don't read so he was just like i'm thinking of my own question <laughs> He forced my hand. Yep. <laughs> well, and my question was very, like way more general than that. What kind of transportation do you view as the safest right now? So. Yeah, see, mine's preference. Yeah. I don't care about safety. What do you prefer? <laughs> yes, more conflict. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about location. Because uh, obviously, if you have a limited amount of time and you want to go to New York, driving may be impractical for you to do that. It'd be safe, though. It may be safer, but it may be impractical. Not if you drive I only have quickly. four days. <laughs> yeah, I'm driving. I'm going. So, uh, Forty-hour I mean, drive fest. You have to think about that. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, um, I think that depending on the airline and what their requirements are, such as testing prior to boarding, things like that, that may not be that bad. You know. Um, you may actually have more of a problem at the airport yeah. feeling comfortable as opposed to the airline itself. Mm-hmm. Most people traveling right now probably have accepted some degree of risk to begin with anyway, right? So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
So I think once again, it depends on where you're trying to get to. I think if it's driving distance, you know, that probably is more comfortable for most people mm. than than getting on a plane. Um, yeah. Like you said, it just has to do with the research that you put into it, making sure that what I mean, for us here in the Bay Area, it's easy to go, oh, well, maybe San Jose doesn't have the best regulations. I'm saying this without prior information. So they might have great, great regulations, but then you just go to San Francisco instead and go try out that. I would probably wouldn't do that because San Francisco is much bigger of an airport, so might have a little bit more risk. But if you've got the options, might as well do the research. Certainly, we're not taking a six-hour trip down to L.A. to go to that airport instead, which would probably be worse than these two airports. Oh, hands Um, But it, it just depends on the regulations. That you, Can you drive it instead? I'm not going to fly to L.A. I'm going to drive instead. Is that It's, it's easier. A six-hour trip is easier than a, an hour flight. And, and maybe more applicable would be, where are you going to? Uh, obviously, some states right now are having huge problems with the numbers mm. spiking like crazy. So, you know, that's maybe another consideration, not just the mode of transportation, but do you really want to go to mm-hmm. XYZ location? Yeah. So, um, Richard, anything off the top of your head? Or I can ask mine. So why don't you start with yours? Okay, so mine would be... The one that wasn't stolen, allegedly. Allegedly, indeed, Corey. We're on to you in your Australian sneakiness. I can't read American. It's not my fault. Um, My my question for you would be, do you have any recommendations for trips to take now during, during coming off of COVID or during this COVID time? What might be a safe trip to do that either carries low risk or something that you would prefer that it's like, oh, well, this this is an easier trip to take right now. It has, you know, the least, well, not the least regulations, but the regulations are a little easier for the, the average person to follow without having to jump through a thousand hoops and maybe getting stranded somewhere. Well, it goes back to one of my earlier comments. The expectation of most has been to do camping. Mm-hmm. Ooh, uh, which we is- covered that. Yeah, camping is is certainly where a lot of people have been aiming at going. So they're hopping in their car and going to a park or someplace. Um, and obviously they can easily be remote. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are actually, uh, we'll, we'll say glamping <laughs> uh, because, you know, they may be going to something a little higher end. Uh, some people are doing drive trips where they are staying at a motel or hotel along the way and are going to, you know, beaches and parks and what have you um, because they could dictate their own distancing. Mm -hmm. Um, So those sorts of things are what are seeing spikes in numbers to, quote, get away from it all. Mm -hmm. And uh, B&Bs and... uh, Places similar to that are seeing, once again, their numbers getting better and better. Um, I would say a lot of people were looking to get away places like Las Vegas, but then they started seeing some numbers. And so, you know, once again, you have to look into the details of where you want to go. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, from (laughs) from just that alone... It seems like the things that are spiking up are exactly what we said. Anything where you can determine how close to civilization you're getting. <laughs> and honestly, camping and even on your own drive trips, you can determine, do I want to wear gloves? Do I want to spray down everything? Because even in a situation like camping or on-the-road drive trips, there are certain lo- locales or certain places that are still touched by the public. Example, camping, there's... Um, local restrooms and local showers that are there that are used by multiple people that aren't part of your family. Well, and actually what you just brought up is a big thing. Would you believe right after things started moving a little more to the open side, use of campers and RVs rentals were through the sky. They were crazy. Mm -hmm. And that's because everybody wanted to be in their own little cocoon Mm -hmm. as they were going off on their trips. So, uh, understandable. Maybe okay. They just need more open air loos. 
that should help it. <laughs> just to take just the roof off. Columns. I want to gaze at the night, su- yeah, night sky. On, yeah. That's called a hole in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. That's but a, a, but I want a throne. We covered that already, remember? <laughs> we did that in a previous episode. Yeah, yeah, we covered yeah, yeah. holes in the ground. So, uh, Richard, you had something <laughs> you were thinking of. So, for this part one of travel, because obviously we're going to eventually do a part two once everything is slowed down, but... If you had a recommendation, COVID or not, of your one place, because we'll do probably another location later, if you could pick one place to recommend to everybody to go to, where would you recommend? COVID or not, huh? Doesn't matter. Well, there there are places. I you know this is one of those things where. I'm going to separate out between uh, you young folk that are leading the podcast <laughs> and us uh, older folk um, that started building what we'll call our our bucket lists. Mm. Um, I think there's a real distinct difference between what I'm looking at doing versus what maybe you guys may be looking at doing. But we have a top 10 bucket list. Some of the places are here in the U.S. Um, and other places are more remote. Uh, as as you know, we just finished doing Antarctica mm-hmm. as well as uh, going to the Galapagos Islands. I highly recommend everybody try and put that on their list. It's not inexpensive to go there, but the experience is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think uh, even though uh, as a family we have gone multiple times, still one of my favorite places to go to is Alaska. And I never get tired of going there. And uh, as you know, family out there, we we have been there uh, all through all four seasons. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the most amazing places to go to. Awesome. Sure. I definitely haven't gone yet, so I I do plan it on going to Alaska at some point. Seems cool. So you mentioned that you had a top ten bucket list. Is that linked somewhere that we can then add to the description of our podcast? Uh I can certainly give that to you. Perfect. It will be after this. Hey, All right. look at that. Uh do you, either one of you have a place that you would recommend that you want to send off our listeners to? Oh, uh, I really liked uh, Copenhagen. I liked Denmark a lot. Um, I I was actually talking to Richard about it a couple weeks ago about how the food scene there was surprisingly good. They're very uh, like new age and they're experimental uh, and they were very friendly people uh, for the most part. Um, or, like a large amount of them can speak English, so they're always happy to help you out with stuff. But I've got to chime in, Corey, yeah. because my boys know that I'm a bit of a cook. Uh-huh. Just, a, just a bit of a one. <laughs> and, Slightly. And so no matter which country we go to, I'm always talking with the chefs. A mm-hmm. uh, great example is going to the Galapagos Islands. The chef on board the ship was uh, outstanding and we were sharing back and forth because they're heavy on the fish mm-hmm. side. We were doing ceviche recipes. We were talking about mm. all kinds of cool stuff. So absolutely on target. Think about that when you go to these countries. Try new stuff, especially with the food. Oh, regional cuisine. Oh, like I goodness. don't understand. There are people that will go to like Germany and order a pizza. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, you get a beer. You get a brat, and you get a stein, and like, you live large. Yeah. Uh, Richard? Um, well, I don't necessarily have a favorite place, because I would probably just follow with what Dad said and go Alaska. Alaska. <laughs> but um, one of the more memorable trips that we took more recently was actually more domestic, and we went up to Oregon, and that was a fantastic trip. Um. They have a lot of little um, indie niche restaurants and, and a bunch of different food cuisine up there. And 
the like environment's vastly different kind of depending on where you go in the state too there's like the coastal area in astoria then there's like very foresty area near portland and everything like that and uh a lot of people were really nice too there were some not so nice people but um yeah it was a very fun relaxed trip up there it's very beautiful up there too Super pretty. Yeah. yeah. Michael. Uh, my own recommendation, uh, if you are just starting to get into international travel, would be go to England. Um, it's really easy to meld yourself into the culture there because it's just different enough that it feels like a vacation while still not putting you too much out of your comfort zone. Um, because you'll walk in there and be like, whoa, these people are using way different slang and they're talking different to me. But I can read all the signs. How nice. Um, and... <laughs> Their general the the general setup of everything over there is similar and different. Everything's way older already. To walk around oh, yeah. all of those buildings, you're like, these have been here longer than America has. Um, and then you can see a lot of uh, interesting uh, architecture, a lot of monuments that have just been sitting there forever. You need waterproof shoes, though. Yeah, and also my favorite is it <laughs> rains there a lot. And I just love the rain. And almost no matter what time of year you go, you'll probably get rain. Um, it's very muggy, too. Yeah, and the food there, excellent. It's all half fried, but that's okay. <laughs> if you're from America, that should be normal. Well, the food has really changed there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's actually gotten improved quite a bit. And that doesn't matter if you're England, Scotland, Ireland, that mm-hmm. whole area. The food is really improved yeah. and, and is excellent. And there's a, also a huge Indian cuisine there. That's not quite from my stomach, but uh, I would... fantastic. Yeah, it is, it is fantastic because there's a lot of immigration um, from India over to England. So. And it, it's less... Uh, because Indian cuisine is, is vastly different depending on like where in the country it is. They, and especially in London, have like very generic stuff, but they do it really, really well. Yeah. Um, and so you could get a very good like round Indian cuisine. For and there. that's the only other thing I would add is that I, w- I was listening to some veterinarian books and, <laughs> and I was reflecting on the time where you could either go to London, which is just like in New York City, but with a lot older architecture, or you can get out and go to, uh, was it Darbury? Dar- oh, where all creatures great and small. Yeah, where James Harriet was from. And right. you go immediately to this very small town-esque area. And there's a lot of those, like a lot of, uh, farmland and hills and like you just go outside of London and it suddenly just becomes grass, grassy knolls all over the place. And which is also why Ireland and Scotland are a couple hours away, which um, there's a ferry that goes over, goes over to them. And that's also nice. You do have to get adjusted to the opposite way of driving, um, at least to us, but that's not that they say Corey doesn't. No, no Corey, well, it's just normal. Yeah. It's like, well, not here. I hope you're not doing that here. What? <laughs> Um, and it, it's so close. So, and you could do some interesting trips. If you recall, we did a Harry Potter trip that I had put together. That was awesome. And saw a lot of the sites where the, the movie was filmed. Yeah. Michael and, went on that trip. Yeah. Well, that's true. Also, we, we did miss the giant steps, but there's a lot of unique, uh, landscapes around England. Um, like the cliffs of Dover, those giant white cliffs. Uh, that's in England, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. Uh, and then the giant steps, which is a uh, odd, <laughs> an odd formation of like, uh, of a coast where they all all the minerals formed hexa- hex- uh, hexagonal, yes, hexagonal, and so uh, hex- hexagonal, hexagonal. Thank you, Dad. Who uh, taught you guys to speak? I was trying to say it. I was like, trying <laughs> I to say it hexagonally. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of unique areas, and part of the uh, where they did Harry Potter is also where. Um, not James and Giant Peach. Why did I think of that? Alice in Wonderland, um, where a lot of Alice in Wonderland and through the Looking Glass stuff is. So uh, that was a lot about England, but it, it's very, it's super varied over there. So unlike here, where you go, I'm in a state. Oh, there's more state. It's all the same, and then you go to the next state, and it becomes way different. So it's a little easier to go between culture to culture. But hopefully, we've kind of brought up some topics to put. Your mind at ease or to answer some questions that you guys have had regarding covid and travel um i think i know personally i'm really looking forward to hopefully having you on another episode steve down the line when things open up a little bit more and we can you know have more of a deep dive into some other stuff some exciting travel stuff yep we could but, go into all kinds of cool trips and 
locations and stuff like that. Nice. And then get into the generics of how you would normally prep for a trip. Yep. I think yeah. that's kind of the main thing. But if uh, we haven't answered any questions and like you want to pick, have us pick Steve's brain, I'm sure we can just ask ask Steve and shoot you a message in Discord or on social media, a little reply or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you need a travel advisor... Our dad is a is a travel advisor for West Windcourt Custom Cruise and Travel. Travel Which and Cruise. We Windcourt will, Custom Travel. Windcourt Custom Travel. We will throw the link for the website in the episode description. So mm-hmm. if you guys want to uh, take a trip or just ask questions or ask whatever. Ask questions. Th- there you go. And his dad, your specialty is, I mean, you've got a lot of specialties, but your biggest one is Alaska, right? Alaska, Hawaii, South Pacific, and unique trips abroad. Yeah, um, and again, we can't we can't recommend Alaska enough. It's such a beautiful place. Um, I want to thank you, thank you for joining us, Dad. Um, you are very knowledgeable about this kind of stuff, and obviously, it comes across in our podcast. And exactly like Corey said, this information does not stop at one podcast because obviously, there's going to be a post COVID time where everything's going to be different again, and it's going to be a little freer to travel, so we can talk about. Uh, Ober, I'm a Gamba gal. Or we can. I, I'd you. like to recommend though <laughs> that if you're looking for a qualified travel advisor, go to the American Society of Travel Advisors, and you could do a search on who is a verified travel advisor uh, for your location. So no That's matter where awesome. you are, That's great. go yeah. up there and look at for it. Good resource. And then don't forget if you if you guys can to rate review and subscribe to our podcast it helps a lot it really does impact especially like the apple store and the the biggest thing with that um besides helping us uh you know change our numbers get us more um viewership and just getting our casual knowledge out there to all of you or our less casual interviews um ask us questions because you know this this podcast would have been more informed um with a little bit more knowledge from you and we would love to get any question you have answered because obviously we're not just doing this for ourselves. We're doing this for all of you who are listening and we just want your input. So maybe you have p- topics that you're like, oh, I'd love for them to cover. Just let us know. Well, Darren, and we'll just tell you things anyway. Like, Yeah, I mean, we've come up with all these topics. We would love to have more topics to be able to go over. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And as always... Stay informed. That really matters nowadays. <laughs> yeah, don't stay traveling. <laughs> That's why I didn't say that. <laughs> Bye.